Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another injury recap episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is uh, your injury expert, analyst, and physical therapist, Matthew Betts, here to break down the injuries from Week 10. We're going to talk about the guys that got hurt. We're going to talk about a couple of players coming back from injury this coming week. We're going to talk about uh, some updates in regards to players that were dealing with injury a few weeks ago. Um, we want to make this podcast and the show very listener-focused, so you know, with that, we're trying to make this injury recap episode unique. You know, there's not many podcasts out there doing this. So Okada and I are hoping that this can be something that's different that you all listen to. So um, if you like what you're hearing, it would really, really help us out a lot if you head on over to your podcast app, drop us a five-star rating and review, um, and genuinely let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at TheFantasyPT, find Okada at Matt Okada, and then of course find the show at RedShirtsFFPod. We love interacting with you guys there. All right, everyone, let's get into the breakdown from week 10. It's a busy week. Uh, Not too many major injuries, but there were several kind of small injuries that we'll talk about. One injury that is not small is Matthew Stafford's back. Uh, This is an injury that actually did not take place on Sunday because he was ruled inactive um, on Sunday morning because of fractures in his back. And the reason I'm including this on this, this recap show is because there was a sentiment all along that this was pretty minor, that this was not going to limit him in terms of his availability for Week 10, but obviously it did. And the news broke, I think it was Saturday, that Stafford was dealing with a fracture in his back, and basically that uh, friends and family close to the, to him and the doctors were saying, you know, it's, it's probably better to just not play this game. And that caused reason for concern for me because I was worried about a potential fracture to a part of his spine where the nerves are located which obviously can be problematic for several reasons. You know, that can lead to um, nerve injury, which can lead to weakness uh, and numbness, tingling, that kind of thing, into the legs, and can have some serious long-term effects. However, for Matthew Stafford, this is good news. This is not what's going on. He is dealing with a transverse process fracture in his lower back. And what that is, the the transverse process, is basically a projection off of the side of the, the lower back where muscles attach onto. So... When this is fractured, it's it's far, far enough away from the nerves that exit the spine that there's not really any concern for long-term damage. However, it's associated with pain, stiffness, uh, muscle spasm, all that kind of stuff. And so it's very difficult to play through it when the injury happens. And, and for Stafford, that happened last week. There is a video of him taking a shot directly to the, the lower back area on a tackle. And I think that's where it happened. And, and that's usually the, the mechanism of injury for these transverse process fractures is a direct hit to the region. So, you know, for Stafford, fortunately, this is probably not going to be a long-term injury. He's going to be dealing with pain for several weeks, but he can play through it and actually did play through this last year. So I always like to look for the silver lining in these injuries, and it's it's at least that Stafford has done it before. He knows what it's like, and he's a player who always pushes to play through injury. So as far as his availability, um, we had a question from Jason Quinn on Twitter. He says, what do you expect from... Stafford, as far as the return, how severe is his injury? Well, a fracture is a fracture, so you know that's um, something that is not to take lightly. But like I said, he'll wear an extra flak jacket 
extra padding around there, and it's going to be a pain management issue. So I would not be shocked to see Stafford miss, you know, a max of two games here um, and be back before Thanksgiving. I think that's really the the projected recovery timeline is Thanksgiving week, but likely before that. So uh, good news there in regards to the Lions, pass catchers, and Stafford. Next player on the list, Devonta Freeman, uh, dealing with a foot sprain. Now, as of the recording of this episode, we don't know the exact severity of the injury, but uh, a foot sprain is problematic for a running back who has a lot of mileage, so to speak, on the tires, which Devontae Freeman definitely does over the last few years. It was one of my biggest concerns entering the year from an injury perspective was, you know, is this guy just breaking down? And it seems like that might be the case for Freeman. Um, He did deal with a foot sprain actually last year which kept him out for the early part of the season for about a month before the the sports hernia eventually set him to injured reserve. So, you know, for Devonta Freeman, this is definitely not something to take lightly. He could definitely miss uh, at least one week, probably multiple weeks, to be honest with you. And the fact that he had this happen last year, it does probably make his recovery timeline a little bit longer. It's not going to significantly increase his recovery timeline. So for Freeman, you know, I, I definitely think he's going to miss at least one week. Dan Quinn told reporters today that uh, they'll they'll update everyone later in the week. The inevitable is Freeman's going to be out for this game, and if he somehow is active, he should be out of your lineups. You know, very difficult to trust, high risk of re-injury, and without knowing the severity, uh, definitely a risky play if he somehow gets out there. I think we'll find out more later in the week. I think the, the practice reports will probably tell us more information. Don't be shocked to see a DNP on Wednesday and Thursday. Freeman needs to get in practice to have any confidence from me to have him in my lineup. So uh, probably a multi-week absence there for DeMonta Freeman. Next running back here, Saquon Barkley. Uh, This is going to be pretty quick. Very minor shoulder injury. He exited briefly, was evaluated on the sideline for a neck and shoulder injury, and then came back in. Now, the news in regards to this injury was that Saquon Barkley required x-rays after the game. What those x-rays showed... Obviously, I can't speak to because I don't don't have those results. I can't evaluate him. But um, we haven't heard any more about him, which I'm reading as a good sign. You know, typically if it's a problematic issue, something that might keep a player out for multiple weeks, you know, you hear about it relatively quickly. So for Barkley, let's take this information with a grain of salt. Let's look for more information as the week goes by. But I don't think this is anything serious. I think he's more of a day-to-day situation. And the good news for Giants fans and Barkley owners they're on bye in week 11, so you're not going to hear too much in regards to Barkley, but even if it's a minor injury, he'll have two weeks to recover. I think he's going to be fine for the rest of the season. No concerns from me. Next running back on the list, Ty Johnson of the Lions suffered a concussion on Sunday. Um, it's unclear exactly you know, when this happened. I didn't see the specific play, but regardless, he's in the concussion protocol. We know how this goes, right? It's a non-linear process to get back out onto the field, meaning... Just because he might practice on Wednesday or Thursday does not mean he'll practice on Friday, and that doesn't mean he'll play. I mean, we've seen this most recently uh, with guys like Sterling Shepard who got close to coming back, and then their symptoms just flared up. So it's one of those things that, you know, as rehab specialists, we basically just look at these players and say, okay, let's try to get things uh, at least feeling better day to day. Can you look at bright lights? Can you surround yourself with people talking in a, a busy, crowded environment? Can you concentrate when looking at a computer or a book, etc.? And when those things are crossed off the list, then it's on to physical activity. And basically what you do is you take players through a 
progressive um, cardiovascular plan. So you get players on a bike or you get them on a treadmill, you get them outside, what have you, and you try to, to get their system jacked up. You get their heart rate elevated and you see how the brain responds. And that's how we progress players. So assuming that he's able to progress his timeline uh, and do more each week, or excuse me, each day in practice, there's a better chance that he'll be out there than not. So it really is practice reports that tell us the story with these concussions. But like I said, it's nonlinear. So we'll just have to see what happens each day for Ty Johnson. It's worth noting the vast majority of players this season who are entering the concussion protocol miss at least one game. I've said it before on this podcast, and you'll probably hear me say it again. You know, the the NFL is cracking down on this with CTE being a huge issue and concussions being a really big topic um, in health. They're taking it very seriously, and, and that's a good thing. You know, this is definitely a brain injury. So it's great to see the NFL cracking down on this. I would not be shocked to see Ty Johnson miss at least one game uh, in Week 11. Next player here, Austin Hooper, dealing with a left MCL sprain. Uh, He injured the the knee on Sunday. You could see it sort of dive inward, which is the classic mechanism there for the MCL. Uh, The medial collateral ligament sits on the inside of the knee. And so whenever that knee sort of buckles inward, you kind of see the knee fold towards the midline, causing that MCL to be stressed and injured. Um, A a wide variety of um, severity can happen here with the MCL, ranging from a a very minor stretch to a bigger stretch to a complete tear. And what I'm reading into the situation here for Austin Hooper is that he had an MRI today on Monday. Now, reportedly, as of, again, 7 o'clock at night on Monday, we don't have an update saying Austin Hooper is going to miss a month or Austin Hooper is going to miss six weeks. Basically, the report is he's going to miss some time, quote-unquote, and is probably not going to play this week. So I'm reading into this and say this is either a grade 1 injury or a grade 2 injury. Now, a grade 1 injury is basically just a mild stretch, irritation of the ligament. Typically, it's about a 1- to 2-week recovery. Um, But for a player like Austin Hooper, who plays a skill position where you have to be able to plant and cut off that knee, it is going to be... Uh, at least a one-game absence for Austin Hooper, no doubt about it. If it's a grade two injury, which is a more severe stretch, it's going to be about a two- to four-week recovery timeline um, for Austin Hooper there. So let's see what happens later in this week with practice. Again, don't be shocked to see him do uh, minimal work in practice, but he's got a chance to be ready for next week, not week 11. Week 12 is the earliest I would expect to see Austin Hooper back on the field. Next tight end to talk about here, Chris Herndon, um, man, what a season. Start of the year, obviously, with the suspension. Then has a hamstring injury while training on his own while suspended. And then finally gets back on the field this past week in Week 10. And what does he do? He fractures a rib. So for Chris Herndon, man, for fantasy football, it's over. You can drop him. Basically, what's going on here with Chris Herndon is not a typical rib fracture. So essentially, rib fractures are pain management. That's all, that's all it is. As long as the, the rib is not displaced out of the location where it should be, it's a pain management issue, and you see guys play through this all the time, um, year after year, and those injuries are more on the lower part of the rib cage. So your ribs go all the way up almost to your clavicle or your collarbone and go down almost towards your midline, um, towards your belly button. The lower and middle ribs do well as long as there's no displacement, an upper rib fracture can be a really big problem, and I think that's what's going on here with Chris Herndon. An upper rib fracture can be a, a situation where it can actually cause a punctured or collapsed lung, 
which is obviously a major issue. So for Chris Herndon, you know, reports coming out saying that it's going to be um, several weeks before we see Chris Herndon back on the field. I don't think we'll see him at all in November. And that's a pretty conservative take. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him not play again till week 14, week 15, week 16, maybe. And at this point in the season, are you really going to trust Chris Herndon, who hasn't done anything at all? Uh, it, it's hard to trust for sure. So for Chris Herndon, out multiple weeks dealing with that rib fracture. Next player on the list is Rhett Ellison. He is also in the concussion protocol. We don't need to go into it too much since we talked about it with Ty Johnson, but basically... Um, he is on by in week 11, so it, it's possible that he comes back and without missing a game, given the two weeks of recovery there. Uh, not much else to say about Rhett's. Final player on the injury recap episode, Giovanni Bernard, dealing with a right knee sprain, and he is considered uh, day-to-day with that injury. Now, I'm reading into this as as basically saying, you know, players are told what their injury is right so they're told okay it's a sprain it's a strain what have you i'm hoping the terminology here is correct because a sprain refers to a ligament injury not a muscle injury a strain refers to a muscle injury not a ligament injury so let's assume this is correct terminology let's assume it's a sprain so there's a ligament injury for giovanni bernard uh that's causing him to you know be on the injury report Now, what exactly is going on? I don't know. I didn't see the play. I couldn't find it. But he left in the second quarter, exited to the medical tent for evaluation, and then basically was rolled out shortly thereafter. So uh, for Bernard, let's look for more information later this week. I haven't heard anything in regards to the severity there or what exactly is involved. So it's kind of hard to comment on the projected recovery timeline for Gio Bernard. Uh, But we'll definitely talk about that later in the week if there are more details that come out. All right, everyone, so that is the injury recap portion of tonight's show. I do want to get into a little bit of discussion, uh, probably for about five minutes or so, on some players coming back from injury, Uh, most notably, you know, A.J. Green. He is a guy who has been close to coming back. It seems like every week it's it's the week he's supposed to come back. But unfortunately, um, that's not the case. I mean, we saw this happen several weeks in a row where it was, okay, he's going to ramp up practice well, maybe not. He just had it flare up. Okay, let's take some time off. Let's get him back out there. And I feel like the the sentiment right now around um, A.J. Green is that he's maybe not trying to get back out there or that they're trying to keep him out because they know it's a lost season. A.J. Green's working his butt off. He's trying to get back out there. And you can see a video that I retweeted on my timeline looking at uh, one of his workouts in pregame. He's trying to do more. He's definitely progressing. But you can see there's still a long way to go for A.J. Green. That left ankle is the ankle he injured back in late July with that high ankle sprain and required that arthroscopic surgery for the ankle joint. Um, He's not pushing off the way he normally does. It's not really going through a full range of motion, so he's definitely protecting it. He's leaning to the right to offload his left leg. These are all red flags when it comes to uh, getting back on the field. You, You have to see an athlete trust the ankle. You have to see him be able to do these explosive movements without pain, without swelling, etc. Um, and Frazier Green, it's just not happening. So they're calling him day-to-day. I honestly think that's pretty accurate, but my interpretation would be more week-to-week. I don't think we see A.J. Green once again in Week 11. Next player on the list, Jacoby Brissett, uh, almost came back from his MCL injury to his left knee last week. He practiced a little bit and then was kind of a game-time decision. They ultimately sat him for Brian Hoyer, 
Um, but he was close. I think Jacoby Brissett does play this week. Everything I've seen is that this is a pretty mild injury, um, which typically for a quarterback, you know, you can play in the first week back because he'll wear a brace that helps stabilize the knee. And Brissett isn't really a, you know, mobile quarterback. He can move in the pocket, but he's not a, a Kyler Murray, and certainly he's not a Lamar Jackson where he's out rushing the ball. So for Jacoby Brissett, I think he'll be okay for this week. Frank Reich told reporters today, you know, Brissett needs to practice in full on Wednesday to be able to play. Uh, I'm not sure why that's the case, given that it's so early in the week, but I do think he does play. That practice report on Wednesday and Thursday, I think, are going to tell us a lot of information uh, for his week 11 availability. Next player on the list, Will Fuller, uh, returned to practice this week, coming off of a hamstring injury from week seven. He's a guy that, if you've listened to us before, I've talked about a lot with Okada about my concerns and why I'm so worried about him is because of his history of hamstring injuries and he was coming off of the ACL injury and surgery from last year. The the hamstring muscle group and the ACL work together because essentially the ACL prevents your shin bone from sliding forward on your, uh, your thigh bone or your femur. And that's exactly what the hamstring muscles prevent as well. So it's not uncommon to see players coming back of the, of the ACL injury with hamstring strains. Um, and we saw that exactly with Dalvin Cook last year. We're seeing it now with Will Fuller. Uh, so for me, you know, the, the concern is higher than ever for Will Fuller. Once he does get back out there, he's still going to have that elevated risk. And now he's going to have a, an additional risk because of the fact that he's coming off the injury. I'm staying away from Will Fuller if possible in any scenario that I can for the rest of the season. But let's kind of see what happens here in practice. I don't think he plays this week. He was only injured in week seven. Obviously, we're on to uh, to week 11. That's a four-week recovery. It seems about right for Will Fuller, but you know he hasn't done much in practice before this, so are you going to trust him if he's only limited at all this week? I would recommend probably not. Last player on the list, James Conner, uh, is looking like he's going to suit up for Thursday Night Football. The nice thing about these short weeks is that we get an estimate from teams on Monday as to what their players would do if they were to hold practice um, because they don't actually hold practice on Mondays with the the rest after the game on Sunday. So for for Connor, he's coming off of a two-week absence with that right AC joint injury. Um, I don't suspect this to be an issue at all. I do believe James Connor plays this week. I thought he was close to playing last week. Uh, it turns out, obviously, he did not. But for James Connor, I think he'll play. He could get an injection in the joint. He could play with an extra padding or cushioning underneath his shoulder blades right on top of the shoulder, right at the point of the shoulder where that joint is, and actually do pretty well and be pretty effective. We've seen Josh Jacobs about two weeks ago come back from that AC joint injury and perform really well. So for me, if James Conner is active, he is going to get the green light as far as his health. No concerns at all. All right, everyone, that was a great recap, I think, of all the injuries from this week as well as looking ahead to maybe what you can expect from your players here moving forward. Uh, as we look towards week 11 and beyond. Hopefully this was helpful. Like I said, if you like what you're hearing, please find us um, on your uh, podcast app. Go ahead and leave a rating and review. We do appreciate it. As well, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. You get access to a bonus episode every week, and you get to join our Slack channel where we're kind of trying to build a community for fantasy football. You know, talk trades, talk waiver wire pickups, start sit decisions, etc. cetera, uh, with our group over there. So that's fun. Head on over, check it out, patreon.com slash redshirtspod. 
All right, everyone, Okada is back on Thursday. We're going to preview all the early games on our normal podcast. And then our Patreon show will we'll preview all the late games. We're going to break down every fantasy-relevant player in those matchups. And until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.